This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Internet link established. So you want to be a podcaster? Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. Your hosts are Andrew Rappaport, host of the Rap Report and Apologetics Live, and executive director of the Christian Podcast Community. Together with Colleen Sharp, host of Theology Gals and chief administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. Podcast Community. You know, one of the things that so many podcasts have are guests, but many people don't think through all of the issues that come up when you have a guest. There are some shows that are devoted to having guests on. Their whole show is guest interviews. And so for those shows, well, this is going to be a very helpful episode. But for others, they will have guests intermittently. And so they don't always think through some of the things that might come in with having a guest. And there's some things that can be a real struggle, especially if you don't do it regularly. And so we hope that this episode will be great for you. We're going to be talking about how to get guests, how to schedule them, what kind of things you should have in your media package, what kind of things you want to communicate with your guests. Do you want to do any giveaways? Are there any legal and other types of concerns? And also how to follow up with them. That is what's on the docket for today. So let us start with getting guests. Colleen, what are some great ways to get guests onto your show? Well, let's just start. Actually, I'm going to back up Andrew for a second and talk about choosing guests quickly. Um, when you choose a guest, whenever you're going to do a topic, you're going to choose a guest, What what is it that your audience wants to hear? What are you about? And one way that we even talked about on the last episode about growing your audience, if you have somebody who's an expert in that field, they may have a large platform of people interested in that topic already. So it can be very helpful. And I always say that a guest should be helpful for both the podcaster and for the guest. When I have a guest on, uh, I get a guest that comes on and, and helps us have a great episode and we promote them. We promote their site or their, or their, um, their book, whatever it is that um, they're an expert in. So the first thing we talk about is contacting guests. And really, this is going to really depend on how um, that guest can be contacted. There's actually somebody I'm trying to contact right now, and I can't figure out any way to contact him. So sometimes social media is the best way to do that. If they have a website, even if I see them around on social media, if they have a website with an email address, that's where I tend to contact people. And I have a kind of a form letter that I've written that I will use. Hi, my name is Colleen Sharp, and I host the Theology Gals podcast, and then I tell them about Theology Gals. And then from there, I ask them if they would be a guest on our show, and I tell them the topic. You know, a lot of people think, well, I can't get that big name guest because I wouldn't have 
anything to be able to reach them or how to, they wouldn't come on my small show. And the reality is there's a lot of people that will go on small shows. They don't even ask the size of the show. There's some people that are just willing to go on. And so you have, there's nothing you lose in trying to reach out and asking. But let me tell you this as well. Don't think that just because you get a big name guest, you're going to get a lot of attention or, or draw more downloads. Because unless that guest is willing to share it, it may not go anywhere. It may just go to your same audience. So a lot of people think that if they get a big guest, they're going to get a big crowd of people that are going to listen and download. It's really going to depend on your guest. You have to know the guest. And let me say this. Part of getting a guest is getting to know your guest as well. The better you know your guest, the better the interview is going to go. There are some people, Colleen, that they prefer to wing it. They do no show prep. They don't know anything about their guests before they come on. And I've seen where you have people and they're going, uh, so tell me about yourself. And you could tell that they know nothing about the person they asked to be a guest. Don't do that. Right. Yeah. In fact, I you, before you have them on, it's good to say, and I didn't do this in the beginning, like I knew about them. But one thing that I try to do is, hi, we have Andrew Rappaport from Striving for Eternity Ministries. Andrew has written the books, What Do They Believe and What Do We Believe? So knowing something about your guest is is very helpful. And then the other thing, when Andrew was talking about questions right now, one of the things that I have in my little form letter, when I respond, if they agree, one of the things I tell them is, we will provide the questions ahead of time. And sometimes people say, oh, no, I don't like getting the questions ahead of time. I like to be on the spot. And that's fine, too. But we at least offer that. And you know, that's so helpful. So many of our guests have said it's so helpful for me to be able to prepare when I know what things we'll be discussing. Yeah, that is, and we're going to get to that under communication because that is something you want to communicate to your guests. But when you go to contact them, you have email, go to their website. Even if there's not somewhere where you can get a hold of them, a phone number, something like that, you can usually get a hold of someone through their website. They'll usually have either info at whatever the website is or webmaster or support. But there's usually ways you could get the email for the, the whoever runs the website and let them know. It, I've had people that have done that on my website to have contacted me through the webmaster account and it's come to me where, hey, we want to have you involved in some, something. So you can always try that, um, but they usually have some, if it's a guest that does some work with an organization, you could try to reach out to that organization. Another, another way that you can, if it's somebody who is an author, I have often contacted them through their publisher. And sometimes authors will even have their publisher schedule those uh, interviews. Actually, the publisher's probably better because they want their authors to be doing those interviews. So right. that may be the a only better thing way to is go. Sometimes publishers have been the publishers have been the only ones when I've said, "Can I have so and so on? What's your audience size?" <laughs> so. Yes, that is true. They may be, they're going to be more concerned because they don't want to waste the time of of the, right. their author. So we talk about getting guests. Let's talk about scheduling guests. This is probably. I would say the most difficult thing for people who have guests is trying to schedule with a guest, going back and forth. Does this time work for you? Does this date work for you? How about this? How about that? And especially if you're trying to coordinate with multiple people, it can be really difficult. So if you have multiple co-hosts 
or multiple guests. Either way, there becomes a lot of back and forth, and that can be hard. Now, you can always do the easy, send an email, here's the dates and times, pick one. That's, that's an option. Um, a lot of times what that ends up having is a, uh, having that back and forth until you get something. And one of the things you want to do is you want to respect your guest's time. So you want to try to limit that back and forth as much as possible. Now, one of the things that I've started to do, and I really found this to be very helpful, is I use some tools to do that scheduling. There's a lot of tools you could use. I use Calendarly. Uh, there's another one called uh, Schedulistica, and I'm, I may be switching to that one. But there's a lot of different ones that you can get. But the issue is, look at the different features they have, whichever ones you go with, One of the things you want to do is you want to just look at these because what they offer to you is an ability to say, here's a link, schedule a time on my calendar. In other words, these apps look at your calendar. So you got to be willing to share your calendar with these apps. If you are, then what they do is they look at your schedule and you give them block out times where you're never free. And that way you can see someone just goes in, they click a link. Now I have in my case... I have several links. I have a 30-minute link, a 60-minute link, a 90-minute link, and a two-hour link. And I'll have that set up for people that just want to get together where I'm going to go on their show and they're going to give me the information for recording, whether it's Zoom or Skype or whatever. Or I have one where I'm going to do the recording. And that way, in the recording, when they set up the time, they choose a date that works with their schedule, already looking at my schedule, and when they choose that time, it sends them all of my Zoom information. So the meeting is all set up. I don't have to communicate to them about how to how to do the recording. It's already included in the tool. So these are some nice features. Now, but those tools, wow, are they tremendous in making things easier. They will reduce that back and forth, and what you find is all you have to do is share a link. And I just share one of the, the eight links that I have based on the time and whether I'm recording or they're recording. And I send it out. And that makes it so much easier. Well, some people, I'm not naming any names, but some people can't afford um, these services. They don't have it in their Theology Gals budget. And so- Do I have to up my donation to Theology Gals? <laughs> I don't even know. I just know when I looked before, I'm like, nope, we can't afford that. Um, So I'm going to tell you what we've done, and it does alleviate some of that back and forth. We always record on Tuesday afternoons and evenings and Thursday afternoons and evenings. And so when I tell someone, when I ask someone to be on the show, I tell them that uh, we record on, on Tuesday and Thursday afternoon and evenings. And they usually say something like Thursday afternoon works best for me. And then I send them three dates and they choose one. And so that that's what we've been doing since we always record uh, at the same times. Now, occasionally, and this doesn't happen very often, but recently we had somebody say, can you record any other time? And we came back and said, okay, we can record on, you know, a Friday and, and we work something out. But there are ways, because I know that some people don't have as much money in their podcasting budget. They're still growing and, you know, get, hopefully you'll get some donations and whatnot. But there, there are ways like that. And then my co-host and I, 
uh, we have a Google Calendar connected to our Theology Gals email. And so I shared that calendar with her. And then anything I put on the Theology Gals calendar goes right on her calendar. You know, uh, Dwayne from the Bar Podcast, he always schedules his podcast Tuesday at noon, same time. So all he does is say, this is when I record, when are you free? And that's another way of doing it. You just set the time and let them pick any Tuesday at noon. That's another way you could do it. But scheduling can be the nightmare if you don't have a plan. So that's the one thing that I say you really want to think through. One of there's a couple ways that we gave you, but think through which one you want to do. Yeah, I agree. And then one of the things that we're actually going to be implementing soon, and it's something that we're really going to recommend to other people, is doing a media package. And that probably sounds real scary and and maybe too professional for your small podcast. So what what we've what we've put together is a um, just it's really just one sheet. And there's an introduction. Thank you for being on our podcast. You know, it start it starts with that, and then we kind of give them some some basic information. And what we have, you know, this is how we record. We, you know, we record through Skype or we record s- through Zoom or whatever it is that you record on. And then uh, we ask them to, s- you know, the interview will last this long. Um, and then on here, and this is important last week, but on here it says, when the podcast is posted, we will contact you with a link to the episode. Please post it on your social media and or website. But then it moves into, we have our waiver on the same sheet right under there. And Andrew, why don't you talk about the importance of a waiver? Well, the importance of a waiver is there is a podcast that had someone on as a guest. They were playing ads. And the guest ended up, when they listened to it, realized that they had ads and were making money off of his talent. Now, there was nothing signed, no waiver signed. And what ended up happening was the guest ended up suing the podcaster for part of the money that he was making for ads. And because he didn't have a waiver, he actually lost in court and ended up having to pay the pod, the podcaster, had to pay the guest to basically some of the the money from his ads. So if you're having ads, um, you may want to take that into consideration. There may be some reasons. You might think, oh, it's just overkill. But a simple form saying that you retain all the rights and any monetary gain from this episode, it might be a good thing just to have them sign briefly. And and we one of the things that we say in our um, media package too is like, uh, so you want to be a podcaster retains the rights to the podcast. We may edit the interview to improve quality and or to, f- to fit podcast time lengths, but we will not edit to change the content of your message. And I think that's important too, because it, people really could edit a podcast in such a way that it completely changes the meaning of what the guest wanted to say. And, and then um, from there, we go on to the technical. And um, why don't you talk about the technical? Because you're the technical genius. Well, you want to you wanna be able to let your guests know specific things about how you're going to do your recording. We're going to use Zoom. We're going to use Skype. We're going to use whatever. You want to let them know up front. I recently did a podcast where going back and forth with the podcaster, he wanted me on, but it, wasn't lit- it was literally 
just before we went live where I'm like, hey, how are we communicating? He he never got back to me, even though I said, you know, he wanted he gave me a phone number overseas and I'm like, I, I can't call overseas. So, um, you know, what do you want me to do? And so the the thing you have to think through is you want to let them know. And again, with the mindset of doing everything to make it easy on your guest, because that's the talent that you're bringing in. So make it easy. Give them everything they need to know. So like I said, when, when I schedule, I do it through my calendarly, and it gives them all the information for it actually will put something right on their calendar and that has all the information how to record. But there's other things to consider. Uh, I have been on shows where they will talk about the dress code. How are we to dress? I was on one show where I had to wear uh, at least a tie, but jacket and tie was preferred. You may have shows where you're doing that. Um, so if you have any expectations like that, we already mentioned the expectation of sharing, but if you have expectations, you want to let them know up front, but you also may want to let them know is, okay, what kind of mics should you use? I will always encourage people that are guests on my show, listen, I don't use your laptop mic because it's bad, just a bad quality. So it's not designed for the, the level you want in a podcast. So even using a, a phone is usually better than your laptop mic. So just because of the distance. So there's things you may want to do. If they have good mics, great. You may want to say, hey, keep it to, try to record in an area where there's not a lot of noise. You don't want to hear the dog barking. You don't want to hear the kids crying. So ask them for a time where all that stuff is not going to be an issue, where they can go to a place where these things aren't an issue because you don't want to have to edit all that stuff out. And you don't want to have that great line that your guest says and then the doorbell rings and the dog is barking over it and you can't even edit it out because there was too much noise behind them. And then you say, oh, can you say that again? And it doesn't say the same way twice. So these are some of the things you want to let them know. And and this is part of, not that you can include in your media package, but it's also part of our next thing of guest communication. And we were... I wanted to give a little hot tip, though, before we move on to that, because I have learned something. If you're going to be having a guest on and they say, well, I don't have a microphone and I only have my computer mic. If your guest has children, especially in the, I don't know, 10 to 18 range, ask them if their children are gamers, because we have twice now had guests who took their the headset with the microphone uh, that their children use for gaming and used that. And sometimes those microphones are pretty good because sometimes they use them to stream uh, videos on on Twitch and YouTube. So that's a little hot tip for you. Yeah. And so when we look at these things, we need to think about how we communicate with our guest. I mean, we, we already mentioned things like getting, getting up front to know that they're going to, they're going to commit to sharing your episode. You want them to not only be your guest to give information to your audience. And remember, that's what it's about. If you're inviting a guest to get downloads, you may not get what you want. Uh, there's a lot of people that try to get guests only for the purpose of getting downloads. And you will, your audience will know when you're doing that. 
Your audience has to gain something from this. And if you're just trying to get downloads, you're probably not going to prep as much as you should. You're not going to be as well in communicating with your guest and your audience will see through that. So you really want to have the best rapport you can. I find that often if I can, if I don't know my guest personally, if I can spend half an hour or so talking to him before the show, just to discuss things that we all discuss, I usually off air get the rapport with him that comes out on air. And you want to be able to have that. So you want to communicate any information that's in the media pack as far as technical things, how to dress, uh, and the waiver forms. You want to communicate uh, the sharing of their episode. But another thing that you may want to communicate is giveaways. If you're guest is an author, find out whether they would donate or if you can purchase some books to give away. Now, the giveaway is usually to help promote your podcast, but some authors will be willing to give you a couple of books, either at cost or for free, so that you can promote the episode with them because you're going to have the incentive to promote it more and get others to share it, which is going to promote whatever they were talking about, because a lot of times they're going to talk about the book that they're sharing. I recently had Dr. Danny Purvis on an episode. Now, I didn't have him on, I had him on a previous time to talk about his book, The Marriage Pyramid, but this was a different time. We had on on a totally different topic, but he still donated a couple of books to me that I was able to give away to promote that episode. And in that episode, we talked about his podcast and what he's doing. And so that helped to promote him. So he was willing to do that. Those are some things you may want to think about. You may also, as Colleen said, you could go to the publisher. Sometimes the publishers will give you the books so that you could do giveaways. Colleen, why are giveaways a helpful thing? Well, we meant if you haven't listened to our our last episode about growing your audience, go and listen to that. But you can use the giveaway on social media to promote the episode, which ultimately promotes your podcast. And so what we do is if uh, a lot of times a publisher or an author will give us three books or two books. And so we'll do a contest on Twitter and then one on Facebook. And so on Facebook, we we post the episode and we say uh, for a chance to win a copy of, you know, such and such book. And then I have one through three. You have to like our page. You have to like or you have to share this post and you have to comment on this post. You have to do all three. And then I, I keep track through the comments, but I do check and make sure that they've done the other two. And that gets your episode shared. And so sometimes we'll get, you know, an episode shared a hundred times, you know, throughout the internet that people are sharing on their walls. And so it's a way to promote the podcast. And then you get, and people get excited about giveaways. They love getting free things. And so I, I actually love it when I get to write somebody and say, you won this contest. And then on Twitter, uh, we say, you, you know, retweet this post um, for a chance to win. And I know Andrew had his own idea for how to pick the winner. I use a random number generator. Or I use one of my kids. You use one of your kids. I use a random number generator. I just say, hey, that device name, and (laughs) (laughs) and give me a random number. My kids are out of the house. I can't say, give me a number between 5 and 10. But 
the the you know the other thing we we mentioned earlier with the waivers, the legal and other concerns. You want to we we mentioned the fact that you want to make sure that you have something signed off usually by your guests to make sure you own the content. You don't have to pay them. There are be aware there are some guests that require payment to be on your show. I do know uh, some people who I know one individual he charges fifty dollars to to be a guest now. They do that just because their time is valuable. Don't think like, hey, who do you think you are? You know, you're asking someone to give up their time, whether it's half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, you're asking them to give of their time to help your show. And remember, this is about your show. It's not always about promoting them. Yes, they get to promote what they're doing, but often it's a it's more about your show. So be aware and be, you know, concerned about their time. Don't don't take advantage of it. If if your guest says, I have 30 minutes, don't go 40 because they're not going to want to come back on your show. But some other concerns are endorsements. You want to be careful with implicit endorsements. If you disagree with your guest on something, it's okay to let them know, your audience know, that you have disagreements. The disagreement doesn't have to be mentioned in any detail. You don't have to go into the disagreement if that's not what's being discussed. If, you know, Colleen and I, uh, Colleen came on my show once and we talked about things like the Sabbath. Now, some of you who may not be Christians might be like, what's the big deal about that? Well, it can be a big deal within Christianity. Colleen and I have different views. We made those views clear because we were going to discuss that subject. Well, in a case like that, there's not going to be an endorsement of your guest's views because it's clear you disagree. But it's, there's nothing wrong in saying that, I'm having so-and-so on. We don't agree on everything, but there's some things that I really think he has or she has value in adding to this area of discussion. Because one of the things you don't want your audience to think you agree with everything that someone says. Now, people are always going to do that sometimes, and there's going to be people like, oh, well, you had so-and-so on, so you agree with what they do over here in their in their personal life or their views on this. Sometimes you may want to say that, you know, you could even put a disclaimer, especially if you have a show that is all guests, where you just, every show is a different guest. You may want to have a disclaimer at the end of your podcast that just says the views presented by the guest are their own and they don't reflect, you know, the Rap Report podcast. You could do something like that at the end of your show, just so that it covers you and your audience knows that you're having people on that you don't necessarily agree. Because you don't want to be combative or disagreeing with a guest on areas you disagree with when those are not the topic of discussion. Let me give you a great example. Uh, John MacArthur was invited on to a Ben Shapiro show. Now, John MacArthur is a Christian pastor. Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jewish person who is very, a lawyer who's involved in politics. So, John MacArthur's goal was to be able to share the Christian gospel message to Ben Shapiro, a Jewish person. Now, did Ben Shapiro disagree with John MacArthur? Yes, he went on to his podcast. People were asking why he didn't say things about his disagreements. And his position was, when I have a guest on, I'm, I'm talking about my guest with what he believes, and I'm discussing things to let him speak. He says, I think everyone knows that my Jewish background, I'm not going to agree with them. But he went on to a later show to discuss that. 
But that became something he had to address. Why? Because he didn't address it on the show. People were expecting him being Jewish. His Jewish audience expected a response. And sometimes your guests may say something that you're not looking to respond to because that would take away from the purpose you had them on the show. Well, just having a quick statement at the beginning or the end may be able to something that could solve that. And it can be done in a way where, like I said, you could just have this general statement that says the views presented from the guest are those of the guest and not of the rap report show done. And they know it's a general thing, not anything directed toward them. And you don't have that, have to worry about that implicit endorsement that some may think. You know, Andrew, one of the, what we've done is exactly what you talked about as far as putting a disclaimer. We've put it sometimes at the end of our episode notes because we've had a situation where there's a guy that, that seems to think that we agree with every word that one of our guests has ever spoken. And, you know, it is out there saying theology gals agrees with everything that she's written and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we just had to put a disclaimer just because we have a guest. I don't even remember exactly what it says does not mean that we endorse all of their views. We have people on our podcast quite often that we would have disagreements with. Yeah, I think at the when you have me on your show, you say, and this heretic, Andrew Rapport is coming in. No. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about follow-up. This this is really important, and it's something that a lot of people don't think about, but most people will think about reminding their guests to share the episode, and that's a good thing to do. But do you thank your guest? Now, I, I'll admit I'm not as good as Andy from Echo Zoe Radio. If you listen to Andy on Echo Zoe, what he does, every time I've been a guest on his show, and I think I've been a guest three times Every time I get a handwritten thank you letter sent to me, that actually means a whole lot. You know, I actually look forward to being on his show knowing that I'm going to get that. Uh, that's something I know I need to work on more, but if you're going to have a guest, you could send him a quick email afterwards. Even at, you, you want to thank them, thank them and say, hey, would you, you mind sharing the episode? Here it is. Here's the link. But send them a second thank you, just saying, hey, I really wanted to thank you again, and I appreciate you coming on. You're really a great blessing to the audience. Something to show that you appreciate their time and effort. You know, um, Andrew, what what I do, and I, I love the handwritten note idea, and if I had more hours in my day, I'd consider that. Uh, but when it, what I do often is send an email, and I say, hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Here's the link. Um you know, if you could please share it on your social media, you know, so something like that, where I, I thank them, I remind them to share it at the same time, and, and I give them the link. And I do that as well. I, I, I'm trying to work at being a little better with that, <laughs> with, with thank you cards. I, I actually want to get like, Echo Zoe actually has cards that are made for the podcast. So it says Echo Zoe Radio on it. And so you're getting a card that he's created, he prints, just to give you a thank you. So that's a really neat way of, of showing the appreciation. So, so folks, when you think about having guests on, whether you're having guests every week or every show, or if you're going to do it once in a while, think about the things we're saying about how to get in touch with guests, how to schedule them, what kind of things to put in a media package, what kind of things to communicate with your guest whether you want to do a giveaway, think about those legal and other concerns, and then 
you want to have a plan for follow-up. We hope that this helps you in having the guests that you'll have on your show to make your podcast an even better podcast. Hey, Colleen, we got a review. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. I got to find it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you want to be a podcaster review. It says informative. This is a super informative for those of us who are getting started in the podcast realm. It covers things in order to get you started. And it covers things that we wouldn't think about from a day to day basis but ultimately impacts the quality of our podcast. Very highly recommended. So that's a written review we had. But, you know, I got another review while I was teaching over in the Philippines. Yes, the Philippines, all the way on the other side of the world. We got a review from someone who came up to me uh, after the, the, the conference I was speaking at. And, and you have to picture this. There's like a thousand people and they all want to come up one by one and get pictures. It literally was two hours of Justin and I trying to hold a smile as every group came up to get their their picture. (laughs) But one person came up and just before he took the picture, he shook my hand and he said, I really want to thank you for the So You Want to Be a Podcaster podcast. He said, I saw it on social media. I never thought that I would want to get into podcasting. I thought it was too much work. But as I listened to what you guys were explaining, I said, I really think I could do this. And he said that we encouraged him to start a podcast in the Philippines. So we literally are affecting around the world. Wow, that's really encouraging. So we have some new podcasts that are joining the podcast community as well. Yes, I know. We can't, I can't even keep track. We've really gotten some great new podcasts. Um, I don't know if we have mentioned yet. So what are we even doing here? Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that is, that is Karen and Daryl Updike. And I, one thing I love about their podcast, cause there's not many like this where you have a married couple. Cause I think a lot of times, like I think both with you and your wife, with me and my husband, my husband has zero interest in being on a podcast. I don't think your wife has any interest either. No. And so I, I it's such a neat a neat thing hearing them. And one of one of the great things is it is real life. Like we often say that women podcasting is real life. Well, a married couple podcasting is real life. And sometimes you hear the baby. And I, I actually love that. Yeah, they, they are, the neat thing about their podcast is they just sit and literally around the kitchen table now because I, I actually was at their house and I was in their living room where they used to record and I walked in their kitchen and I said, oh no, you should be recording here because it had better sound, <laughs> sound absorption in that room. And so they literally sit around their kitchen table and record and, you know, sometimes they have their, their daughter on, sometimes you hear the, the baby crying. The, the thing is, is that they're just picking up different topics and it's just sitting around the kitchen table with them. It's a really neat podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And I think a married couple is going to have a chemistry that is, is very specific. So that's one thing I like about it. You know, we also have coming on uh, The Way Radio with Chad Pridmore. And Chad is a pastor out in Boise, Idaho, but he also addresses issues with, with addressing humanism in, in the modern church. He deals with um, the issue of, of addiction. He basically has a very, you know, very interesting way of dealing with addiction. He came out of AA uh, for many years, 
And he really has found a way that to make the gospel central in dealing with the issue of addiction. He really, he works through the Heidelberg Catechism. And I know you would love that being a Presbyterian, going through catechisms and stuff like that. You know, not all of us Baptists use those things as much, but, but he has found that to be very helpful in dealing with people in addiction. So those are two new podcasts that are part of the Christian podcast community. And we, we have some that we anticipate adding more in the near future. So we're really, really excited. I mean, both of these ones that we just added are great. Um, Chad just really has so much wisdom on the addiction issue, but other things that he talks about too. But because he he just understands it, just a little that I've talked to him and seen the stuff that he's written, he just has um, just a lot of wisdom on that subject. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 